Too nice of me. I shouldn't have put Blake first, but apparently are he won't listen anyway. So apparently, just... oh sorry, guy. Nah, it's all right. <laughs> I was gonna say apparently Jim's golf league started this week, which I found out three minutes ago. <laughs> and Jason had some family stuff to do, like a child's birthday today or something. So. I don't know about him. He just doesn't like being on the show when I'm on the show. I think that's it. <laughs> and Blake claimed he doesn't work if Jason's not here. So his it's in his contract that if Jason's not working, he doesn't have to work. I so asked about that, but I've just been told that my contract's in the mail. <laughs> So, Doug, if you can get me that contract, I um, appreciate it. Come on, Doug. We trust the mail. <laughs> I hope. Uh, so, we really have no outline other than everything we didn't cover in the last two weeks to talk about. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so, first Ooh, of all... I haven't listened for the last two weeks, so <laughs> so the, the world is, is available for me. <laughs> or we can just cover what we covered the last two weeks because Jeff hasn't heard any of it. <laughs> I wasn't here last week either, so. Oh, so this is new for everybody. <laughs> you could just pull up the transcript from last week and and we could just go over the same thing. Well, let's see. Well, let's see. Anybody have any fun, exciting, or interesting stuff happen to them this past week that, uh, or, well, these past couple weeks since you guys have been on that uh, is worth throwing out there? I found a new board game store. Ooh. Which one but, is that? Uh, I, I think you already like it on Facebook. It's Yada Quest up in uh, oh. Evendale. Okay. Yeah, they, like, closed several years back and I think they reopened so I haven't been there since they've reopened I, I did get uh, Clank Legacy the Acquisitions Incorporated Oh, they had it there All right. You're not but, allowed to play uh, without I know me that, <laughs> I know we, we agreed that I, I wouldn't play without you because you 
let me play your betrayal legacy with you. Yes. And uh, and I'm a fan of Acquisitions Incorporated, so I actually will understand all the jokes and inside references that you won't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do like the legacy games, though. I, I thought that I'd hate the idea of playing a board game where you actually destroy the board game as you go along, but I really, really like it. Like, I played the... I think the Pandemic Legacy Season 1 was the first one that I actually played, and and it was just fantastic. And, like, each week that we played it, it was, like, this this amazing thing that you didn't expect to happen happened, and then it changes the whole game, and it's it's it was very good. I was very impressed. So when you're done with the game, do you feel like now I've just got an empty thing sitting there that... I mean, now I got my dozen plays out of it, which a lot of games you only play that many times anyway, but does well, it feel I, like... I've probably got two, three hundred board games by this point, <laughs> and I've played probably 95% of them, maybe 98% of them, so there's some games that I haven't played at all. There's some games that I've only played once. There's some games that I play two or three times. But the Legacy game, I I played at least twelve times. I think I I think I failed a few times. So I think I probably played it fifteen times. So that's a game that I played fifteen times, which is more than I've played most of my other games. All right. And but, can you still play that just without the fantas or the continuation the, the the legacy aspect of it like uh for the pandemic legacy season one you can play the last month again again okay but it's it's not the same it's almost like at that point it's almost better to play the the regular pandemic been, okay because i thought i'd heard you can play it and let it or just play like regular pandemic on with that board and cards but i didn't know how true that was since i didn't play pandemic uh, Legacy. a lot of the cards you destroy and <laughs> and a lot of the cities have been blown uh, off the map. i don't make a spoiler <laughs> i don't make <laughs> spoilers because when the big spoiler came up i was like oh my god i don't believe that just happened <laughs> And it's a board game. Like, you don't think of that when you're playing a board game. <laughs> like, something's going to absolutely blow your mind, like like one of those moments in a TV show or in a movie. But that did. But that might, like, everybody ranks Pandemic Legacy as one of the top games of all time. So I don't know if, like, Risk Legacy would be completely boring. or. But we've, well, we've been playing Betrayal Legacy, and that was really good. Yeah, it was. So far, I'm like waiting for like the big thing to happen. Though we haven't got there yet. Yeah, and and I, I like the idea and the trail legacy. You're like a family that from year to year you go into this haunted house and and whoever wins the last time takes over the the deed for the house, so they kind of own it and the other people come in. I, I like that idea, but yeah, there hasn't been a big. Yet. I would say I would like that idea if I've ever owned the deed to the house, but I've never <laughs> won one of these sessions yet, so <laughs> my family guess is just terrible. Yeah. 
Well, that and you guys keep making me be the betrayer and then beating me. Uh, I think that Tristan would have loved to be the betrayer every time. But no, you keep taking it away from me. I don't want to be the betrayer. Especially, <laughs> especially that last time. I felt like, oh, crap. Um, we only revealed one thing, and so my minions weren't spread out. They were all in one spot, and I thought, oh, this is not going to go over well. <laughs> but uh, I do. I really like the idea of this this legacy game, and and the, the legacy game is essentially you're just you have a set number of games that you can play of this board game, and you and you destroy things and you change things permanently as it goes along. And I and at the beginning, I, I hated that idea. That, that seemed to, to be a terrible idea for a board game, but it's not. It's really not. Excellent. Brian, you have any interest in playing a board game where you destroy half the uh, cards and pieces? Yeah, that sounds awesome. Sweet. I'm going to invite Brian in for my next Legacy game then. We did try to burn one of the pieces last time you were over, and, and <laughs> yeah. it didn't burn. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of inflammable, or flammable, or not flammable, <laughs> whatever the proper terminology for something that doesn't burn. <laughs> it's like, oh, we get to destroy it, let's burn it, and I guess it's coated with something so it doesn't burn, and I wanted to see it go up in flames. And it barely smoldered. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anybody see anything on television or movies in the past uh, several weeks uh, worth talking about? Uh, since, oh, go ahead. since I was on last, uh, uh, the last episode I was on, we had the 40 going on 14 guys on. Yeah. And uh, they talked about Bruce Campbell a lot. Man. So I've I've been uh, binging Burn Notice. So I'm up. I'm almost through season four. Wow! In two weeks. Yeah. I have not seen an episode of Burn Notice, and I couldn't even tell you what the premise is. Uh, so the main it's uh, Jeffrey Donovan is the main character. He is a spy, and he gets burned by CIA or whoever he's working for. Oh, okay, not physically burned. But... No, no, no. Okay. He's, he's not like he's he's not and <laughs> like caught in a burning building or anything. Okay. So that's like a term when they when you when you're burned, you're out of the like that's their way of kicking you out. So they well, When did this show come was this from the 90s or was this like 2005? Like I I remember like the... watching a long time ago. Early 2000s, I want to say. Um, so it's Jeffrey Donovan, Bruce Campbell. Um, can't remember the name of the girl in the show. But there's there. I mean, it's it's a it's actually way better than I thought it was going to be. It started off a little slow, but it's actually turned into. I'm actually really happy about it. Like it's it's actually a really good show. I remember it being fun. So basically, like he just yeah, 2007. Okay. 2007 to 
All right. So, I'm, not, I'm not sure I ever, it was on USA, right? It was, yeah. Like, I'm not sure if I caught, like, that was before the Netflix time, so I, I didn't know. I don't know if I caught it from beginning to end, but I know that I saw a lot of the episodes of it, and I did really enjoy it. Yeah, it's on uh, Amazon Prime right now. For free? Yeah. Yep. So that That's basically all I've been watching. I'll have to go ahead and put that on my list of things that I should see but probably will never get to. That that list is getting long. Yeah. At the top of the list is the wire. I I couldn't get through like four episodes of that. I'm like, this is kind of boring. I, everybody talks about the wire and it's so great and it's so great, but I I never really liked the wire. I didn't get through Oz either for the same reason. Man. So both of those shows I've I've watched multiple times. <laughs> uh, I, my suggestion with The Wire is make yourself watch the first season, and by the end of the first season, everything will make sense and it'll it'll suck you in. I didn't get to the end of the first season, so. Um. And then Oz, I like Erica and I watched that, and. It, it's awesome, and the cast is great, and the, I mean, the story I've said before is just terrible, like, just, it's all, I mean, it's prison, so everything that's terrible that can happen happens, so, but it, it was, it's one I've seen, I've seen Oz probably three times all the way through, and The Wire four, three or four times. I remember the insurance commercial guy was very terrifying in what I saw. <laughs> yeah, he... J.K. Uh, Rowling. Simmons. Simmons. <laughs> J.K. Rowling is a completely different person. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely reinvented himself uh, from uh, the head of the the Aryan Nation to the farmers only <laughs> insurance salesman. Bum, 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 bum. And well, yeah, and now he's doing the voice on Invincible, which I uh, watched over the weekend. So. Oh, yeah. I caught up on the five episodes out. Have you heard this one, Jeff? I haven't. In Invincible, it's uh, a Am Amazon Prime show? It is. It's an Amazon uh, original. Yeah, it, it, It's an animated show based on, I suppose, the comic book by Robert Kirkman, the co-creator of The Walking Dead, is co-creator of this. And it's about a superheroes and it's a lot more grittier and but but not like overly like not not like it's is like necessarily r rated as the boys but uh it, it, uh, it doesn't go that far but it's like watchman it's like not... right in the middle of the watchman <laughs> and the boys like it's not as it's it's not as vulgar or over the top violent as the boys, and it's it's not quite as political as the Watchmen. Although there is some language and, and whatnot in in it, but but J.K. Simmons' voice is one of the main characters. It's basically the 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 baseline premise is like J.K. Simmons plays like. 
Omni Man is his the name. veteran, like superhero guy, and it's about his son who he didn't get his powers like soon as soon as he thought he was going to as he was growing up, and they were thinking that he wasn't going to get them, and then he's like, I don't know, 17, 18, and he starts getting his powers. So it's like they're he's showing him how to become a superhero, and while all, you know their storylines beyond you know behind that that they're telling, so yeah. it, it's yeah. pretty good. I mean, it's it's a world where superheroes are all over the place too. So there's like the big main team of superheroes, and then the team team of superheroes, and the bunch of other smaller teams that are terrible people and then villains and it's, and it's animated it's animated yeah. yeah like what kind of animation is it on par with is it like the old x-men or is it like i think it's better than the old x-men but i mean it's not not anything it, it it's not like any anime type style or something like that it it's kind of straightforward Kind of like what you get with, uh, I don't know, a, uh, what do you call it, uh, DreamWorks animated, like, but probably not as great like as a how movie to train quality. Your dragon type of thing. But like, not as, I, I find, well, well, I find it hard to get into, like, uh, like, dedicate that much time to an animated show, but. You guys, the way you guys are explaining it, it sounds like something I might be interested in. Well, I'll put it this way. Watch the first episode, and if by the end of the first episode you don't feel compelled to continue. Yeah. Because the, the first episode, at the end of the first episode, I'm like, I want to know what happens next. Exactly. I felt the same way. I, I watched the first episode, and I was like, nah, all right, this is okay. And then comes <laughs> like it, so like it does one of those like where the episode ends and then five seconds of black screen and then they pop back up to show you a little bit more. And that little bit more, I was just like, I was watching it like, <laughs> I got to know what happens. <laughs> oh. And at the end, do they say, and knowing is half the battle? They, do they do they, a little, they one of those things? They don't do that. No, it uh-huh. would be better if it did though. <laughs> So I think what I'm going to do from now on is when I watch it, once it's it, hit, it gets to the end, and I'll ju- I'll just say, and knowing is half the battle before I turn it off. <laughs> uh, God, I'm trying to think. I don't think I watched anything else because I was watching that stuff. Yeah, I'm. I didn't watch Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'm. I've only watched the first two episodes of that. I haven't started that yet. I didn't watch uh, Kong versus Godzilla, uh, but I'm yeah. focusing on the Oscar movies. This is probably going yeah. to be the first year that I'm able to see every single Oscar movie before the Oscars. Wow! I've got I've got nine left out of the fifty-three. Wow! Um, I've got four of the international feature films, and then one of a handful of other categories, and. And I'm going to have to get Apple TV on my Roku because there's two of them that are only on Apple TV. But since it wasn't all in theaters and having to find these obscure theaters to watch the things, I think I might have a chance this year. Oh, excellent. When is the 
broadcast the the Oscars? It's a week from this coming Sunday. Okay, so a week so from there's this Sunday. yeah, the twenty fifth, I think. Yeah. So I I will be completely immunized or whatever the word is from from this COVID disease. As as will I. Uh, Sunday is my second shot. I get mine Friday. I got my second one uh, two a uh, week and a half ago. Aren't you too young for that? I am not. I thought that, like, as soon as the forty to sixty-five year olds open up, I scheduled mine. And, and yeah, you know, I um, when they what was it? I don't remember when it was, but it was like I don't know a month, obviously a month or so ago when when they opened up another level. Like every time they opened up more, more, you know, more spots or you know open it up wider to more people i just kept trying to register and i finally was able to just get through and then get an appointment through kroger so i mean i took it they, they let him do it so he did it <laughs> okay i heard a story that oh it was terrible uh, my sister was going to the local Cintas uh, Center where Kroger had a thing set up, and she was getting her shots through there. She went for her second shot last week, and she said there was actually this time a line. Well, first time she went, she went right through. This time she had to wait in a line, so like 45 minutes she was waiting in line, and she gets up, and they like take her card, and they put the new sticker on or whatever, but they said they can't fill out the rest of it, until you know after she gets done and through the line because some people were getting the sticker put on their cards and leaving without actually <laughs> getting the vaccination so that's that's where i got mine as well and uh so the day that i went was the first of their second round the first day that they started doing the second shots mm -hmm. um and yeah there was definitely far more people than the first time and like the concourse where you go in it, the line wrapped all the way around like to the back of the exit so yeah but it, it was moving fairly quick so i was only there it wasn't quite as long as your sister but that's what they were doing while you were in line they had people coming along asking for your vaccination card and they would just peel off you know, the printouts, the stickers, just putting it on the second yeah. shot. And, you know, I didn't ever, I would have never have imagined someone just getting the sticker and leaving without getting the shot. I mean, I yeah. didn't see anybody do that, but I mean, it doesn't really surprise me because people suck. Yeah, apparently people have been doing it, so. Uh -huh. <sighs> Okay, let's stop talking about stupid people that infuriate me. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, do so it look like, oh. Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, it doesn't look like Jason did a lick of anything this week, so we didn't have a poll of the week. No, we didn't have a poll. I mean, we can make up our poll. Why is Jason so bad? Uh, because he thinks his uh, impressions are good. 
because when he's not on the show, he doesn't do a poll. Uh, um, what what other reasons are Jason bad? He used to have a goatee. He still does. No, it's a beard. Last time I saw. Uh, no, last time I was on, it was clearly a beard. <laughs> if he still has a goatee, or if he shaved it back to a goatee, I'd be very disappointed. I honestly don't remember. Oh, what's wrong with a goatee? I've had goatees on off and on. Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> back in the nineties, it was okay. <laughs> I had I, a goatee in the nineties. Yeah, I think I started the trend. Mainly because my beard didn't come in right here, so I shaved that area. Oh. So it looked intentional. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just silly nowadays, though. <laughs> what if you you have just the chin? You, like, shave the, the mustache and you just do the chin? Uh, I think you have to be something special to pull that off. Okay. I could never pull that off. Well, we know Jason can't pull that off. <laughs> what if you just shave the chin, but you have the mustache going up into the mutton chops? Oh, that anybody can pull that off. Everybody should do that. <laughs> if I if I if I could get Jen to approve, I would totally do that. <sighs> you should just do it the night before the wedding. <laughs> oh, I totally should. <laughs> oh. Maybe he won't even have a choice. Yeah. No, I mean. <laughs> uh, right. oh, is that is that what the bachelor party's going to be? <laughs> You're going to shave it into the, the 1800s. Well, I'll, put, I'll put it this way. As of right now, that's the only plans I have for a bachelor party. So. <laughs> Excellent. So, so I'm I'm saying don't expect a whole lot. Except maybe a face shaving. <laughs> Not the whole face, just. just oh yeah, yeah. Just... <laughs> oh, she's going to listen to this now, isn't she? Uh, yeah. We should like do some sort of hypnosis or something so she forgets that part. <laughs> maybe I'll just edit this out. <laughs> yeah, that ain't happening. <laughs> um. Do we want to get into talking about the Oscars now before we do anything else? And that way we can make sure we have that covered. I'm I'm good with that. I'm all prepared. I've seen all but nine of them. All right. I suppose we just start at the top. Best picture. Uh, okay. Okay. Let's see. According to my research, meaning I pulled this up on Variety and I've got a list here. Uh, best Picture, we've got The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. My, my research matches with that. I have the same ones nominated. All right, cool. I like to see uh, three of them. I've seen the Father zero. was... The Father was really good, even though it was based on a stage play. And usually I hate the ones that are based on stage plays, but The Father was real, real good. And Anthony Hopkins just nailed it. It's it's like a, uh, an older person starting to, to, to face dementia and Alzheimer's. 
but it's from the point of view of the older person. Oh. So everything's all mixed up and things from the past and you're not sure what's real and it's real, real, really well done. Uh, Judas and the Matt Black Messiah was good. I really, really thought that I'd love Mank. It's like the making of Citizen Kane and black and white, all stylish, but it wasn't that good. I didn't think I, it was okay. It wasn't bad, but I didn't really love it. Um, Minari was okay. Uh, um, it was better than some of them that were nominated. Uh, Nomadland, it seemed like a 70s documentary, like one of the, like, uh, like what was it, the coal mining, coal miner's daughter or whatever that was. <laughs> it, it kind of felt like that and it wasn't bad. But. It was definitely quasi documentary, like, yeah, because that is a real, th- I mean, it is a real thing. It, it does mm-hmm. happen, but. But yeah. even the cinematography, it felt like one of the 70s documentaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, Promising Young Woman, Jen really liked it. I, I didn't really like it. It was like a, like a fantasy of some woman who's been screwed over by men too much and, and now she's getting her revenge. I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really like it. Sound of Metal, I really, really, really liked. Uh, and Trial of the Chicago 7 was probably, uh, between that and The Father, it was my favorite. No Man Land's probably going to win. That would be my my vote for what I think would win. But if I had to vote for what my favorite was, I'd probably say The Father, closely followed by Trial of Chicago 7. So you're definitely saying I should watch The Father. Uh, the Father, or... Trial of the Chicago 7 was really good, too, but The Father was, like, it was surprisingly good because I really, uh, you know how I hate movies that are based on stage plays that are made into movies that, but I, I really don't like those kind of movies, but this one actually worked. And One Night in Miami is the same same way. That was another one that was based on a stage play, and that's up for Oscars, and and it actually worked. Uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, that was exactly the reason that I hate uh, <laughs> stage plays made into, because they, they just feel claustrophobic. It feels like you're in one spot the whole time, and it's just about dialogue, and it's not about the, the filmmaking or, or anything like that. But Father was very good. So I'm assuming uh, that, uh, for the Oscars, that uh, Hamilton is not up for any Oscars like it was for the. <laughs> it is not. I, I still don't believe that was up for Best Picture in the Golden Globes. That's crazy. <laughs> because they literally just filmed them doing the stage play. You could see the stage <laughs> and the mechanisms on the stage and the people. Uh... You, you could see the people moving the props around and stuff. Exactly. <laughs> But at the same time, that's the one movie that's nominated that was nominated for Golden Globes that I've watched more than any of the other ones because Hamilton's a great stage play. And it's like I'm playing games on game night and I play that on the Alexa. Uh, Oh, yeah, you just talked to Alexa. Now she's going to start asking you questions. (laughs) I did not understand that. Okay. But yeah, the yeah, stage plays made into movies. It, it's very rare that they're that I that I enjoy them. But uh, the father was one that I did. 
Uh, one night in Miami, I, I, it didn't feel like a stage play made into a, into a movie. And Steel Magnolias. That's one of the best all time stage plays <laughs> turned into a movie. Um, yeah, what was it on Golden Pond? I didn't really mind on Golden Pond. I'll give you that one. <laughs> Although I still felt the the claustrophobia of it. What about Maybe the top five? Should have been <laughs> movies that were made from plays. Oh, that would have been a good one if we thought about it before right now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what 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 do you think about uh those like? Chicago, where they're like throw in like the things that are like the dance numbers and make it look like a stage, uh, like during in the middle of the the story, then they just kind of go into hey, we are on stage, we are not pretending this isn't a a play. I didn't like Chicago because it felt it had the claustrophobic, like you're on stage, like cats had the same thing, but like singing in the rain, that didn't have that feel. And I'm not sure, I don't think that that was based on a stage play, but it, it had that sense of suddenly they go into a, a dance number that, that everybody comes in and it looks like a stage production at that point, if that's what you were going That's for kind that of, question. Yeah. Excellent. But, but specifically Chicago, I, I felt the same way with. Okay. Um, I'm not sure I've ever seen Oklahoma. And I don't think I ever Whoa! Your phone just vibrated on us. <laughs> My apologies. I, will turn it I wasn't on. sure what happened at first. That's fine. It was just all of a sudden there was a loud noise and you shook. <laughs> it's like, ah... There's an earthquake over at Jeff's. <laughs> um, I suppose that we can move along to best director. I've actually not seen one of these. Another round is uh, up for foreign film and up for best director, which really uh, fascinates me, and I really want to see that movie, and that's one of the next ones on the list probably tomorrow. Okay. Um, so I'm I'm anxious to see that uh, Manx up, which uh, or uh, who is it? Uh, David Fincher. David Fincher uh, is up for that, which he he did a good job. But again, Mank, I wasn't real impressed with Mank. Uh, Minari, I'm not sure who directed that. I know it's Lee got the guy Isaac from, Chung. You know, the main guy is the guy from Walking Dead. Dead Glenn. Oh, okay. Uh, the main actor. Um, but it, it was out, out of or the, the next one, Nomadland, which, again, it had a very distinct and and uh, the the feel of it kept going throughout the whole thing. So yeah, uh, Chloe's direction was very, directed that. Uh, direction was very competent. Uh, promising young woman. Uh, it doesn't seem like an Oscar movie. It seems like a a fun movie for someone who has been screwed over by by people romantically in the in the past. I I was not a big fan. So of the four that I've seen, I almost think that Nomadland was the best directed of those. 
But again, I have high hopes for another round because if they're up for best foreign language film and for best director, which is one of the big three, I think that that's it's a that's a big deal. So, so you're you're holding judgment till you see another round as directed by Thomas Vintenberg. What country is it yes. from? Uh, Denmark. It's a Danish film, but uh, I'm going to, for my official thing that Jason will give me crap about when I miss a bunch, I'm going to say uh, No Man Land for the director. No Man Land for director. All right. I'm writing these down to hand over to Jason so he can give you crap. <laughs> and, and so I know when you have your poll uh, the, on Oscar night, I know uh, what you're at least predicting two weeks in advance so. <laughs> uh, leading on to actor in a leading role we have Riz Ahmed in Sound of Metal Chadwick Boseman in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom Anthony Hopkins in The Father Gary Oldman in Mank and Stephen Yoon in Minari Stephen Yoon is uh, Glenn from The Walking Dead but uh, 100% Anthony Hopkins deserves this, but I would, uh, I'm putting all my money on Chadwick Boseman winning it. And he does not deserve it. He had a small part. Like, he could have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor because it's not that big a part. It was probably the third biggest part in the, in the movie. Wow. And, and I 100% think that he was, nominated and will win because he passed away which he he's not a bad actor and he did not do a poor job in the movie i'm not saying that at all but but anthony hopkins like i felt that chadwick boseman i it was i think sentimentality stage play (laughs) if if you're doing a stage play you it's different but, but sentimental reasons, Chadwick Boseman, you think, will win. And Anthony Hopkins has won one before, so it's all right if he doesn't get one now. But Anthony Hopkins could still pull it off because he did that well. Gary Oldman, I, I don't think Gary Oldman would win. I don't think Stephen Yin would win, but um, I'm glad that he was nominated. Uh, Sound of Metal was a very interesting film, and and he did very well, but uh, I think that it's between Anthony Hopkins and Chadwick Boseman. So do you think all the Star Wars fans are cheering for Riz Ahmed since he was in, in, uh, he was, he was in, uh, what's the name of that one? Uh, come on, Brian, help me out with this. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, was it, um, Rogue One. He was the, oh uh, yeah. I thought it was yeah. the next generation. No, <laughs> he's like the, was the, he in? the the pilot uh, Bodie. I think is the pilot's name. I don't remember that at all. Do you remember the pilot who was he was captured and tortured and they freed him and he kind of they thought he was a little schizo for a while. Pardon my wording. I guess that's not a proper word to use. But he was, oh, uh, Han Solo. No, not Han Solo. He wasn't even in that oh, movie. Oh, no, that was, that was Solo, not Rogue One. Yeah, um, yeah Rogue One. I, 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 for some reason in my head, it was a girl. Well, she was the main character in that. 
that was Jin Erso is played by I forget her name, uh, but that one lady. No, I don't Princess remember him at all. Yeah, Princess Leia. That, that's. <laughs> All right, well, then we'll move on. Uh, best Actress in a Leading Role. We got Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Andra Day for United States versus Billie Holiday. She could have pissed me off in the movie. She Like, she she just made you angry during the movie, and I don't know why, but I is didn't it, like her. Oh, I was say, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. Uh, Vanessa Kirby in Pieces of a Woman. She's Fran- gonna win. Frances McDormand in Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan in Promising Young Woman. I mean, Carrie Mulligan in Promising Young Woman's going to uh, going to win. I, oh, I get that okay. mixed up with Pieces of a Woman. So Carrie Mulligan is the one who's favored by a lot to win, and is she the one getting revenge on whoever she? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that pretty much everybody except for Andrew Day did a better job than she did. And I'm not sure if Andrew Day did or not. <laughs> I'm not sure I understood her character. <clears throat> Was she Billie Holiday? Yeah. Okay. I I assumed that Billie Holiday would have been the main character, but you never know on some of these things. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie, so I... I haven't seen any of these movies yet, so... <laughs> you haven't seen a single one yet? Uh, nope, not a single one. Well, there there weren't a whole lot of theaters open this year, <laughs> and apparently they didn't think that New Mutants was worth nominating. Isn't that a TV show? No. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that thing. Um, actor in a supporting role, we have Sasha Baron Cohen in The Trial of the Chicago 7. Which is much better than Sasha Baron Cohen in the other one that he was in this this year. The Borat sequel. Borat subsequent movie film. <laughs> uh, we also have Daniel Kaluuya. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but that's what we'll go with for now. In Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr. in One Night in Miami, Paul Racy in Sound of Metal, and Lakeith Stanfield in Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, I don't even know who was favored to win that, but I'm guessing somebody from Judas and the Black Messiah, because usually if they nominate somebody twice from the same movie, one of them wins, but I'm not sure who played who in... Uh, in those two, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen actually did a real good job in Trial of the Chicago Seven. Yeah, he was really good in that. Uh, I he think like Daniel not like Kalua a Borat played... type of role either. No, not at all. <laughs> I think Daniel Kaluuya played Fred Hampton, and then Lakeith Stanfield that was. The... Isn't that the main actor though? Oh, yeah. No, no. it wasn't Fred Hampton. No. Wait. Hang on. 
but nobody was nominated for her actor in a yeah. leading role. So maybe, it was, maybe everybody maybe, was supporting. Yeah, maybe they didn't call it a leading role, even though yeah, apparently he, was, he he did. I mean, Fred Hampton. Yeah, he played Fred Hampton. Who he did? Yeah. Well, I guess. Well, I then I would I would put I'm gonna put him on my list. I will say Daniel Kaluuya. Whoever played Fred, Fred Hampton and Judas and the Black Messiah, I think, is better than the others. Although Aaron Burr did a good job in One Night in Miami. <laughs> yeah, weren't you saying Leslie Odom Jr. was in, like, everything you watched there for a week or two? Yeah, for the Golden Globes, he, he was in uh, music, he was in uh, One Night in Miami, he was in Hamilton, he was in, like, everything that I was watching. <laughs> it's like the main guy or like the second to main guy in everything alright actress in a supporting role uh, we've got uh, Maria Bakalova oh I'm starting to feel like Jason now <laughs> Maria Baklava or, I mean, no, uh, she Maria was the Bakalova. guy who tricked uh, Rudy Giuliani and uh, <laughs> reaching down his pants in the Borat <laughs> subsequent movie film We've got Glenn Close in Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman in The Father, Amanda Seyfried in Mank, and Yu Jung Yoon in Minari. Again, I probably mispronounced that last name. Hillbilly Elegy, I saw that movie, and it seemed like somebody heard from a cousin what it was like in Ohio. And told somebody in California about it, and they wrote a movie about it from what they heard from a cousin. <laughs> and and Glenn Close did a a wonderful job and what was written for her, but what was written for her seemed like uh, not quite a caricature, but something that was like a game of telephone of talking about the. <laughs> the opioid addiction thing in the Midwest. Like, yeah, my cousin did this and did this. Oh, his cousin did this and did this. Okay, Ron Howard, make a movie about it. <laughs> so he did. I and, and I got the sense that Glenn Close knew that it wasn't quite right, but <laughs> I'll, I'll read the lines that I'm read. She played the hell out of it. Well, she did. Again, I still haven't yet to see the, the movie. I'm I'm a little angry at the movie because uh, apparently you know my place of business did some work for Ron Howard's production company for the movie and we didn't get a credit. Um, I mean, they throw everybody's name. I just a little you know <laughs> little credit in the in the in the blurb for for the company would have been nice, but nothing. So I'm kind of mad at him. Uh, I'm actually going to go with the uh, Borat subsequent movie film, Maria. Wow. You're going to say Borat subsequent movie film is going to be able to call itself Oscar winning. Yeah, I movie. think so. Although I wouldn't be surprised if Amanda Seyfried um, or Olivia Coleman won. I'd be surprised if Glenn Close won because I think that her performance is been panned pretty much by the critics and by yeah. people either liked or hated the movie. I don't really hear any in-betweens on it. 
part of it is because I think people thought it should have been a different movie than what it was, so they're judging it based on what they thought it should have been is what I get from a lot of the the complaints about it. It, it it's it's kind of funny when you're watching it. It is like somebody heard a story, <laughs> like like read a newspaper article maybe about the opioid opi- opioid addiction thing in the Midwest, and they live in California, so they they don't really understand. <laughs> they've never been there. They've never really experienced it. And I'm not I saying bet. that I know anything about the opioid addiction crisis but i live in the midwest and and the way that they portrayed it seemed like somebody who who heard a story about the midwest it was it's kind of strange did the novelist was he part of the screenwriting team do you know or uh i hmm I don't remember. I don't think yeah, I, so. Okay. Let me look that up. Because it's like, well, he lived it, but yeah, that doesn't mean... I never read the book, so I can't... Never read the book, never saw the movie. So here I am talking about it on the internet. <laughs> so what's the next one? Well, he uh, looks at well, he looks at that. We've got Best Animated Feature Film. I don't even know if we have to go over this, because we all know Over the Moon is going to win. <laughs> that was so... It was like... It was like uh, uh, Japanese anime studios. Like, let's try to make a movie that's not anime. That's more like a Disney film. And they made it inferior to both anime and regular Disney films. And uh, that being said, Soul was so good. Onward was actually so so good. It was a D and D. It was a D and D thing. It was like uh, if uh, people just forgot about magic, and then like, like there's elves and unicorns yeah. and everything in the modern world. And we have it was... come to a movie I've seen because I have seen Onward. <laughs> <laughs> but Onward was good. I really really enjoyed Onward. I think that was my favorite. Although I'm gonna say Soul is the one that's gonna win. Because Soul is probably a better film. So according to this, um, he is credited as one of the two writers uh, of of the movie, and he's also a producer. Oh, credited, at least. Now that could just mean credited is based on the work of. Isn't that considered a credit? Yeah, I, but I imagine know. he had some sort of a some sort of input. Okay, we are moving since we're talking about writing. We are at the best adapted screenplay, and holy crap, how many people are screenwriters for Borat subsequent movie film? <laughs> One, two, I three. don't, I don't understand that because it's, uh, it's like, uh, what's the uh, Impractical Jokers. <laughs> that's what the that's what the the plot of it is. It's like we have this basic plot, and then we go and we see what the real people in the world say. They actually blurred out faces of people in this movie. <laughs> There's an Oscar-nominated movie that they blurred out the faces of people in there, like they do in 
and impractical jokers are jackass. It looks like there are uh, eight writing credits and four people get story by credits. <laughs> uh, but the the father is up to and Nomadland and One Night in Miami and the White Tiger is one of the ones that I haven't seen yet, uh, which I'm curious about that because it's only nominated for screenplay, and you don't often see that where something's just nominated for screenplay and it doesn't get anything else in the entire thing. Like I haven't even yeah. heard of it before it was nominated for best adapted screenplay. It's probably one of those where the writers all said that was a damn good movie, but all the actors and producers and directors said that was a piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Uh, I'm going to say Nomadland will win is my guess. I'm going for Nomadland. Because the father and one night in Miami are both based on plays. And that doesn't seem fair. If those win best adapted screenplay because it seems like it'd be real easy to adapt a play into a movie well the problem is you don't want to adapt a play into a movie and make it feel claustrophobic like you hate so if yeah, it's adapted but i mean adapting a I'm novel sure the, is the same uh, way the dialogue is all the same through throughout or close to being the same and i would be pissed if borat won <laughs> borat's gonna win <laughs> So I might pick the White Tiger just cause, just cause. <laughs> oh, White White Tiger I haven't seen, so that could that could definitely be uh, an awesome one. And is that available to be watched somewhere? I know you said you had it yeah, locked up. Streaming on Netflix uh, for free. Okay. I think. Well, you have to have a subscription to Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> but yeah, it's not yeah. one of those Apple TV ones that. No, no. Uh, Greyhound and uh, Wolf Walkers, an animated feature, are the two uh, Apple TV ones. All right. And original screenplay. This one, without a doubt, is going to be tra uh, Trial of the Chicago 7. It's an Aaron Sorkin film. If, <laughs> if anything beats that, I would be very, very, very surprised. Everybody loves Aaron Sorkin dialogue. Yep. I feel bad uh, for the ones nominated with it because they all know they don't have a chance. <laughs> uh, well, those are Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari, Promising Young Woman, and Sound of Metal. Uh, are there any others you want to talk about? I want to talk I... about documentary feature. Um, okay, documentary feature. We have Collective. Crypt. Uh, the Romanian Crypt. film that's about uh, uh, the healthcare crisis in Romania, which wasn't bad. It's probably the second best of them. Okay. Crip Camp? Crip Camp's about a, a, a camp for disabled people. I think it was an Obama film, which gives it a chance of winning, but it, it wasn't that good. It seems like a, a History Channel show or something like that, but like not a Oscar documentary the mole agent this is this by far deserves it it may not win but i will 100 percent uh vote for it every time this is the best spy movie that i've ever seen in my life like of uh, fiction or non-fiction it's what the plot is is um uh, 
this lady's mother says that she's being uh, robbed in a nursing home by the people who work there. So she hires a private investigator who puts out an ad for 90-year-olds who um, understand technology to go into the into the um, nursing home and pretend to be a spy. And they give him, like, spy glasses and everything. And he knows nothing about uh, about technology and and it's uh, or being a spy. And it is the funniest thing as he's trying to spy on these people. And and it has like a great message at the it's 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 probably my favorite film period of the year, The Mole Agent. But it is fantastic. It's uh, I think it might be Danish. Uh, I don't. No, it's I. Uh, I don't know. It's somewhere Scandinavian, I think. Uh, but well, um, the, the the people nominated their names are Matti Alberdi and Marcella Santi Bañez. Ooh, that sounds more Eastern European. Yeah, definitely does not sound like maybe it's, uh, maybe it's Polish. I, I I don't know. I I'd look it up, but I'm using my phone to speak with you. <laughs> Uh, but mole agent, it, I, I don't know if it will win. But uh, it's are you picking it to win, or is this isn't a, you're not going official on this? I'm I'm picking it to win because it deserves it that much, even though I'm pretty sure it won't win. All right. Uh, it says a private investigator in Chile. 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 I wasn't even on the right <laughs> half of the country. <laughs> Yeah, you're I, on the... I, now that you say that, I I totally know that it was all in Spanish, and <laughs> you were on the other and, side of the world. I wasn't even close. Um, but then we also have my octopus teacher. That was uh, eight thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, heard a, I heard a review that said eight thumbs up, but it was. Uh, it was it was okay. It was probably better than Crip Camp, and it was about a guy who was following an octopus underwater, and it had great cinematography for for one oh. guy making it, everything. But it's on Netflix as well. I was like, if I had to pick, I would have guessed like my octopus teacher was about a guy who was too handsy. He was a teacher like, <laughs> preying on young children. Oh, I so was so wrong. Right <laughs> we should have done one of the what was the, the uh, uh, what's the game that that you play on? I yours? do not remember the name of the game. Uh, <laughs> plot lines. Plot lines. <laughs> My octopus teacher. I would have failed in that one. <laughs> and we've got time. Time is actually probably going to win, but I thought that that was probably the worst of them. It's about. Um, some it takes uh, somebody's home movies that they are making, like before they robbed a bank and then they went to jail and she got out and and uh, he was in there for like sixty years or something, and it was about how the criminal justice system is broken, but they didn't make a good argument for it. Like, I completely agree that the criminal, the criminal justice system is broken, but the movie really didn't make a good argument for it. And I, I didn't like it. And But that's the one that Vegas has favored, or not Vegas, because I don't think they can vote on, or they can bet on that. But the overseas betting things, they have time as the favorite. 
Alright. I did uh, want to say we might as well have to talk about original song, because that's always one of my favorites. Especially because when they perform the songs and you go, this song sucks! During the middle of the uh, broadcast. But, uh... <laughs> oh, this is the one that has the Will Ferrell movie. Oh, the no. Oh, it does. Okay. <laughs> uh, we got Fight for You from Judas and the Black Messiah. Music by H.E.R. and Dernst Emil III. Lyrics by H.E.R. and Tiara Thomas. Hear My Voice from The Trial of Chicago 7. Music by Daniel Pemberton. Lyrics by Daniel Pemberton and Celeste Waite. Husavik from Eurovision Song Contest. Music and lyrics by Savannah Kochata, Fat Max Xus, and Rickard Gorenson. IOC Scene from The Life Ahead. Music by Diane Warren. Lyrics by Diane Warren and Laura Passini. And Speak Now from One Night in Miami. Music and lyrics by Leslie Odom Jr. and Sam Ashworth. There's Leslie Odom Jr. again. There he is. <laughs> he could he could win a uh, an Oscar just not in the acting category, huh? <laughs> Any songs uh, stick out for you? Um, I will say Wait for You from Judas and the Black Messiah, although I could not I could not hum any one of them if I were <laughs> asked with a gun to my head. Oh, the sad part is we've come to the second movie so far that I have seen, and that was Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you hated Will Ferrell. I do. I kind of hate watched the movie. <laughs> I, I do like, uh, no, no, I forgot her name. Uh, oh, the, it, the lead uh, actress in it. Uh, it. Rachel McAdams? Yes, Rachel McAdams. Oh, yeah. It's like, I like Rachel McAdams, so I kind of watched it expecting, and then it's like, oh, this is bad. Will Ferrell is bad. <laughs> I did, I did kind of like when he left the, the knife and said, I'll just leave this here in case you need to do more of the murders. <laughs> I mean, it had some funny parts, but... I'm assuming that's the song that was the the emotional song of the movie that is up for the Oscar. Uh, uh, yes, I, I think that we looked it up and it was, yes. It was the, it does, the it wasn't climax a, song. Yeah, it wasn't a bad song, so I don't know. But yeah, I don't know any of the others, but I'm kind of cheering for Leslie Odom Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, before we move on, did you see the new Pinocchio with uh, uh, where uh, the Italian director, the the big Italian director, was the Geppetto? It was dark. Oh, I did not see it's been, it's out already. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's streaming uh, okay. several places, but like there was a graphic hanging scene where they put a noose around Pinocchio's neck and hung him from a tree. And then he didn't die because, of course, he's a puppet. <laughs> but they left him there all night, assuming that he would die overnight. Wow. And then when he turned into a donkey, they tied rocks to him and threw him into the ocean to drown him so that they could carve off his skin and make handbags or something out of him. Wow. 
but it was dark. Like I'd say darker than life is beautiful by the same guy, <laughs> which is about the Nazis in concentration camps. And this is Pinocchio about a puppet <laughs> trying to become a real boy. Wait, so the director of Life is Beautiful made a Pinocchio movie 20 years after the actor of Life is Beautiful made a Pinocchio movie? Life is Beautiful was made by the guy whose name I can't remember. I know the, the lead actor is Roberto Benigni. Roberto Benigni. He made Life is Beautiful. So then in 2002, he uh, what, he didn't direct, but he was in a version of Pinocchio where he actually played Pinocchio. Yeah, terrible version. <laughs> and then this year, he directed Pinocchio where he played Geppetto. Oh, okay. And... Uh, so, except for costume design and uh, production design, I think. No, not production design, but it's up for two things. So he kind of has a heart on for Pinocchio, huh? I, I, it's, it became a lot more interesting when it became real dark. <laughs> All right. I suppose we can move on unless you wanted to talk about makeup or hairstyling or anything. No, no, no. It's just interesting this year now that I Oh, Pinocchio's up for that. Opportunity to watch it, everything. Okay. Yeah, it is up for it makeup, is for and, makeup hair and hair styling. Uh, but it, it's interesting being able to, like most of these I can watch for free. Some of them we had to rent on Amazon Prime, but they're all out there. And um, Mole Agent is, if you have Hulu, it's free on, on Hulu, and that's the one that I would request uh, most uh, Trial of Chicago 7 and The Father or after that Trial of Chicago 7 is free on Netflix Father we had to rent I think it cost 20 bucks on Amazon Prime oh screw that <laughs> if I'm paying money to watch a movie I'm going to the theater damn it and animated I think Onward was my favorite although Soul was probably the better movie I, I was, was kind of more like La La Land than anything on the list i was kind of torn on onward i think maybe because since, since i'm a big fan of fantasy and that type of stuff i felt it missed feeling fantasy uh, but it did like give me all the feels and the tears at the end when you're like oh so it was effective in doing that it did give me the feels at the end oh <sighs> All right, uh, that is our Oscar picks. Uh, I suppose we'll have you back on in two weeks or so after the Oscars, see how you did, so Jason can suck it when you get ninety percent or something. We did what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We did ten different awards. So when you get nine out of ten. Should, should I do one more just to make the math harder on Jason? <laughs> if you want. I'll uh, let you we'll pick do, which one you want. Uh, we'll do international feature film and do another round. All right. I haven't seen it. <laughs> but since it's also up for best uh, director. Best director, I, I figure it's a shoe in All right. That is only to make the math harder on Jason. 
Yeah, okay, we got best feature film, best animated feature, documentary feature, and international feature. So, yeah, that, that, that makes sense to pick those. Okay. Alrighty. Um, I suppose we can move on to something else. <laughs> well, neither of you guys are here last week, so we could move on into the feedback that Jason made us skip over last week. We can do that. Let me pull that up. I got... <laughs> uh, we, we we did take Doug's question because Doug was here. So after that, I think we skipped everything else. Uh, let's see. We had... All right. I think I got it here. All right. So we had from Graphic Novice. Uh, they would like to know what episode we are going to start talking about the new Mighty Ducks series. Anybody have anything to say about the Mighty Ducks series? I I did like the original movie. I haven't watched the series, and it's probably been 20 years since I've seen the original movie. <laughs> But nope. has anybody said anything good about it, or is it like uh, I don't know, Brian? You're, you're aren't you a fan of the original movies? I am, yes, and uh, the sequels. Yeah, I liked all three of the movies. Um, I honestly forgot about this coming out, and uh, I haven't gotten around to watch it yet. I think there's only maybe three episodes out so far. Um, I think it started on the 26th of March, so. I think maybe just three episodes are out, so um, hopefully by next week I've caught up on that. All right, so maybe we'll take a look at that and discuss it next week. Um, let's see here from Josh at Great One Two Five Zero Nine Five. He says, "Catching up on the show, and Jason is talking about missing persons cases." What cases are some of his rabbit holes he goes down? Oh, uh, well, Jason's so Jason, not here to answer listen to that. this. Yeah. Uh, answer Josh's question yeah. next week. I will say I don't know because when Jason starts talking about the missing persons cases, I zone out. So if you are into that sort of stuff, um, I can't even remember. I know Jason has been on another uh, podcast that, talks about this stuff I, uh, it might be i don't maybe josh is involved with that podcast i don't know but uh go listen to their podcast because they like that stuff when jason starts talking about it i kind of zone out i pull a blake and stop paying attention <laughs> all right here uh next we have from bob thanks bob uh Please use your platform to point out that the Winter Soldier and Bane were deep state Hollywood liberals trying to normalize masks before COVID because they knew Obama would give us all COVID to push his big mask agenda. Thank you. Yeah, I heard that Obama actually uh, started a mask making company and wanted to make money off of masks, so he, he decided to 
you know, start COVID. And and the the Winter Soldier and the Falcon both came out during the Obama presidency, and and of course, if if he's making movies like Crip Camp and American Factory that are up for Oscars, then he might as well be making other movies to to push forward his agenda to his what well, was it uh, liberal what kind of uh, Hollywood liberals uh, trying to normalize masks. Deep state Hollywood liberals. Deep state liberal agenda. I, I I see it. I see it. Clear as day. I don't understand why other people don't get it. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Down the hall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, last but not least, we hear from Professor Number One and Doctor Number One. In honor of your guests from last week, so two weeks ago. Uh, do you guys have any good neighbor stories? Have any good neighbor stories? <sighs> oh yeah. That's uh, the one the he's talking yeah. about the, the tied to the kid tied to the tree. tree. Yeah. 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 I'd say it would help to actually know who your neighbors are. I'm pretty much a hermit and don't know much. We did have a lady who, uh, older lady who lived next to us who I think by the end there was had pretty pretty bad dementia so occasionally she would come over and ask for help because she couldn't figure out how to change a light bulb or something but uh, that's about all the interaction I've had with my neighbors since I've been in this house previous place I lived didn't even know the neighbors, so now that's it for my neighbor's story. I had um, the neighbors call the cops on me because I didn't cut my grass for <sighs> a long period of time, and um, I'm sitting out on my front porch, and then this what looks like a cop car pulls up, but it says on the side, Cincinnati Litter Patrol. So I'm sitting <laughs> up on the porch, and with my wife at the time, and we were laughing about, oh, it's the litter patrol. What are they going to do? Arrest us? And, <laughs> and they find us like 300 <laughs> bucks <laughs> for not cutting the grass. So I didn't like those neighbors. They still there? Uh, no. The the guy who owned the house died, and, the, and his daughter lived with him and couldn't afford the house, so she moved out. Uh, and then, believe it or not, worse people moved in. <laughs> we had to go over and tell them, please stop smoking pot on the porch. It's very strong, and I can't go out on my porch because I can't breathe because of the, the pot smell. <laughs> so now they just go out to the curb and do it in their car all the time. Oh, nice. At least they're being considerate and getting away from well, they're, granted... they're They're very nice about it, but still rather that. Just inside the house. <laughs> or even the backyard would be fine. Maybe you should have went into your backyard when you went outside instead of your front yard. There's really no shade in the back. Uh, so they're doing it in the middle of the day is what you're telling me. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Brian, any neighbor stories? No, I mean, I, I don't really know my neighbors either. Like, I mean, 
we're friendly when we're out on the porch or in the yard or walking to the cars. We always <laughs> wave and nod, but I don't have anything like nothing crazy like coming out to one of the neighbor's kids tied to a tree or <laughs> I did think oh. of something that's amusing is we've got a guy who lives across the street and apparently uh people we have who cut our grass because I'm I'm too lazy and old to cut grass so I get other people to do it for me. But uh, apparently they say that our neighbor would keep giving them dirty looks, uh, the guy across the street, whenever they're cutting grass, because apparently he owns a lawn care company, because he's got, like, three trucks with the logo on it. But the thing is, he's got the worst lawn on the street. Like, I look at his lawn, I'm like, I wouldn't want you to be taking care of my lawn. I mean, I can make my lawn look like shit without any help. (laughs) But apparently he oh, looks awesome. at, at the people who cut our grass like sideways. But hey. Uh, all right. Well, that is it for listener feedback. Oh. I have no clue what the uh what the movies did since Jason didn't didn't get that stuff set up cuz he's bad takes the week off and doesn't prepare us for anything. I mean, that guy's ridiculous. Are are the movies in the theater starting to pick up at all? They are, because I think Godzilla versus Kong, or whatever it's called, Kong versus Godzilla, like, set the record for post-COVID weekend box office. Um, Do they count, like, the HBO Max subscriptions they, into they are only counting what was done at the box office the the stuff we report uh, uh let's see here box so mojo uh, according to boxofficereport.com let's see the weekend of the 9th through the 11th I do have something on Box Office Mojo here. Okay. Uh, the 9th through the 11th, we got Godzilla versus Kong did another $13.9 million. I don't know what the total is, but it did thirteen point nine last weekend. And see, 69500000 All right, 69 dude. Nice. Um, followed up by nobody at two point six million, so sharp drop between first and second. Then the unholy at two point four million, Raya and the Last Dragon at two point two, and Voyagers at one point four. And and, na, 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 na. And the Crudes, the New Age is still at number ten, or at number ten, so it's still in the top ten. Did another two hundred and forty-five thousand dollars? Yep, it's up to fifty-six million. Go Crudes! I can't believe that wasn't nominated for any Oscars. I think it was nominated for the Golden Globe. Longest tenured box office movie. That we're not leaving the box office till we get our budget back. 
I remember thinking that Trolls World Tour would be the only movie that came out uh, last year. <laughs> and it would win everything. Actor, actress. No, because Dr. Doolittle came out last year. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, just Doolittle, wasn't it? They dropped the doctor. Really. And, <laughs> and Bad Boys for Life, I think. Uh, that would have made for an interesting, an interesting Oscars if it were just those three up for everything. <laughs> that would have been interesting. Probably been postponed. <laughs> but I would have had a lot more respect for them had they not postponed it. <laughs> just gone with those three. <laughs> These three earned it. <laughs> we gotta. Between Trolls World Tour, which is shoo-in for animated feature film, <laughs> do a little shoo-in for special effects. Oh, oh God. <laughs> can, can I live in a world where Bad Boys for Life won, like, 16 Oscars? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. Oh, looking at last week, I don't think Jason talked about the story about all the uh, the people complaining about the new Captain America and the Falcon and Winter Soldier because because oh, yeah. people are angry that he is not a good replacement for Steve Rogers, and so they're like being mean to like the actor uh, Wyatt Russell who portrays him. And all this, you know, being talking shit online and all this other shit. Uh, let's see. And the whole point is that's the story. The person who's taking the title of Captain America isn't worthy of it. I, that's the whole point of the show. And <laughs> people are like giving death threats and yeah, getting so much hate. Uh, is it just me, or I haven't seen the show, but I've seen the memes, and the memes make him look a little like Blake? <laughs> Am I wrong? You mean physically actually looks like Blake? Yeah, like if Blake put on the Captain America suit. Oh, interesting. Kind of see it? I, I can kind of see it. Like me, who hardly ever sees Blake? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm sure Blake will take that as a compliment because, I mean, Wyatt Russell is Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's son. So, I mean, you got two very good looking people from Hollywood as your parents. I'm sure Blake yeah. will. I kind of uh, meant to insult him, so I take it back. <laughs> I'm sure Blake will take it as a compliment, though. <laughs> so I guess I am the only one who thought that. I didn't because I didn't want to give Blake the compliment. <laughs> I didn't either because I don't want to have to hear him talk about it for an hour next week. <laughs> I won't have to hear that unless he's on in two weeks. <laughs> then I might. <clears throat> oh, all right. Well, I suppose. Jeff, give me top five music. It's time for the top five, top five, top five. All right. 
Is everyone ready? Oh, no, that's better than anything Jason's ever done, so. <laughs> yeah, by the way, Jason gave me, uh, apparently gave me the keys to the castle this week, and I'm supposed to be doing all of the impressions that Jason usually does. So I'm not going to do that, because I don't, I don't think that's fair to me. It's not. You shouldn't have to be that terrible in your life just to right. take, just to appease Jason. So, I mean, I appreciate him trusting me with that, but no, I'm not going to do that ever. <laughs> I did, I did one impression of Jason, and that's it. That's 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 as far as my impressions go. And we appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, all right well top five i came up with this idea and then i struggled to find things that i really really liked so we'll see how this goes (laughs) but i'm like top five nicknames just favorite nicknames nicknames you enjoy nicknames you hate i don't care nicknames (laughs) (laughs) Uh, am i starting yeah, we might as well let you start. Um, I wasn't a big fan of this one, uh, <laughs> but uh, I I went through a list of the uh, of the uh, I'm into the presidents a lot, so I went through a list of presidential nicknames. So all mine are presidential nicknames. All right. Um, my number five is uh, uh, Madison, uh, His Little Majesty. Because he's short. (laughs) (laughs) Which I kind of liked. Little Majesty. Brian, do you have a number five? Uh, Number five, I I hobied this one. Uh, It is Cujo and then the Dominator. So Curtis Joseph and Dominic Hasek. Cujo. Oh yeah, that, that kind of made me think of uh, uh, the wall. Uh, mm-hmm. Hobby Bullen. Yep. Yeah, I don't know anything about hockey, but I like the nickname Cujo for a goalie. That's how that sounds cool. Well, it's kind of, I mean, Curtis it's Joseph. Curtis C-U-J-O. Joseph is his name, so. Oh, that, that's perfect. even better. Yeah. He actually had some really awesome masks, like his goalie masks, like the the artwork that was done on it. They were awesome. Uh, oh yeah, because because yeah, I, I when we worked at the theater, then there were three managers by the name of Jeff, so they started having to differentiate us by their last name. So they started calling me Mister Now, which I didn't really like, but. I don't know what I'm going to say. Don't call me my name. But so then when I was still, when I was the only Jeff left, they were still calling. I'm like, you, you can call me Jeff. I'm like, no, no, I can't. <laughs> I've been calling you Mr. Now for like three years, four years. I can't change it. And, and then when like somebody got promoted into a, a manager management position, and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to let another manager call me Mr. Now. So she, started calling me Jay now and I'm trying to like trying to get everybody I'm like yeah let's everybody I just 
I'm not a mister. That's my you dad. Never, did you ever come back with uh, Mr. Now's my father? Yeah, I, I probably did at some point, but I mean, knowing it's such a cheesy ass line, yeah. would have done it in a terrible side way glance or something. <laughs> uh, Was that your number five, Jaina? No, it wasn't. That's not even on my list. <laughs> <laughs> It probably should be, but no. <laughs> no. Actually, my number five, I I thought, what are some weird things that got nicknames? And I thought, you know, isn't the New York Times nicknamed the Gray Lady? I kind of like that nickname. Because it's a newspaper, you know, from the old days. And, and so, and it's like, the Gray Lady. Even though the New York Times can be crappy it's got a solid nickname i think i like that i never knew that it was nicknamed at all um and then my number four uh, i suppose i had to get into the uh, wrestling nickname because why the hell not so i'm gonna go with one of my favorite all-time wrestlers in Chris Jericho, and his nickname of the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla, just because it's so cheesy. <laughs> Very <laughs> fitting of his personality, though. Uh, Brian, you got a number four. Uh, then see number four. I've got the Big Donkey. I'm <laughs> <Adam> done. done. <laughs> yep. Nice. It's a, it's perfect. I mean, it just fits him perfect. Jeff, you got a. Uh, <clears throat> uh, my number four is old rough and ready, uh, Zachary Taylor. I kind of like that old rough and ready. It just, it's, it's a cool nickname, and it would be one that I'd probably like to, to have. It is a good nickname. Wasn't he a bad person though? Uh, he was he was a gruff person. He died by drinking milk on a sunny day that was sitting out for a while. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> milk was a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Will uh, Ferrell movie. Oh, wait. <laughs> uh, my number three is Tricky Dick. <laughs> Uh, I everybody knows who Tricky Dick is, and uh, kind of I I like that. I like that. <laughs> I don't think he liked that as a nickname. Yeah, <laughs> probably not so much. Well, is that is that one of the rules? That they oh have? no, no, not at all. That's usually <laughs> the better ones when uh, somebody doesn't like their nickname. <laughs> uh, let's Brian. see here. Uh, my number three was a uh, boner from Growing Pains. <laughs> That's a good one. Nice. Okay. Uh, um, my number three, I'm going for, yep, my sports nickname, baseball nickname, the big unit, Randy Johnson. I was a fan, Randy Johnson, fan of that, uh, 90s, early 2000s Seattle team, and it's such a 
terrible nickname that it's great. Do you know how You're he got that nickname? Uh, I was assuming it's because he had a large deck. <laughs> so let me find the story really fast. I I just read it uh, earlier today when I was looking well, this up. Nicknames so uh, it was uh, Tim Raines. Okay. Um, they were in the locker room, and Tim Raines is he's a small guy. He was like five nine, and like in the locker room one day, like they're like passing by each other, and they bump into each other, and Tim Raines like he's Randy Johnson says like he like looks up to me, he's like damn you're a big unit, and just walks <laughs> off, like so that's that's just how it stuck in the locker room. Well, and I'm assuming that was yeah, and Johnson stays with Montreal. That was early in his career he got there. Yeah. Then. Okay. Q. Um, that's just my number two. Um, my number two, it's a, a, a character from a book and a television show. Uh, I'm going for uh, Gregor Clegane's nickname of The Mountain That Rides. Because, Yeah. That should strike fear into everybody who hears about it. I didn't know that it was the mountain that rides, and I've listened to the book on tape, and I've seen all the shows. Oh. I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. It was the mountain that rides, obviously shortened to the mountain. Right. But I, I but don't remember that part. It, it's much better but with That makes that it cooler, rides. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see here. My number two is going to be the Italian Stallion. Oh, that is a good one. And I should have expected that from you. <laughs> and there's, it's funny. There's like, there's no real like story behind it or like how he, like how I got brought up. He just like in a couple different articles I read about it, uh, about him and about with the movie and stuff, they asked him how he came up with it. And he's like, I was just, having dinner by myself in my apartment and it just popped into my head. So it's like it rhymed. A, yeah. And it's like, an, a, now it's like an iconic, like, you know, it's, yeah. it's crazy how that stuff works. Uh, my number two and my number one are, are very similar. Uh, I was Hayes and Tyler, and Hayes was his fraudulency, and Tyler was his accidency, <laughs> which which I really like those I really like those nicknames that people came up to cup came up with, and Hayes because he he lost the popular vote and kind of cheated his way in, so he's the fraudulency, and Tyler, uh, William Henry Harrison died, so he's his accidency. So. That's funny. Gotta like them both. Uh, let's see. Uh, my number one, uh, I'm going to stay close to home here, and I'm going to say the power bottom. Ooh, Jim's nickname. Yep. I, I do have to say... I have a very hard time calling my brother the power bottom. (laughs) (laughs) 
So so I, I probably won't use that nickname too much, but Um oh yeah, we're coming to me. I, I thought about doing something similar to you, staying close at home and and going with uh Jason's nickname of Douche Canoe. But it hadn't really stuck yet, so I probably shouldn't uh keep it. Or at least put it that high on my list. But um, (laughs) I am actually going to though give some credit to one of the places that that we're rivals with, and that is the state of Pennsylvania and their state nickname of the Keystone State. I always thought that was the best of all the 50 state nicknames, especially, you know, because they're like the middle state of the original 13 colonies. So they're kind of in the middle, keeping everything together and stable. Whether it still is apt today, I doubt it. But <laughs> but I will say that uh, I, I always liked that, that state nickname. And, and I do have to say it is better than just naming it after a nut that fell from a tree. That we have here. Yeah. Uh, any honorable mentions? Anybody have any? I, I was looking through other things that weren't presidents, and I found a, a town, I'm not even sure where it is, called Leipzig, L E I P Z I G. I've never even heard of it, but apparently its nickname is Bimbo Town. Wow. Uh, it's in Eastern Europe. Which really Europe. fascinated me. It sounds Eastern European. I want to say that's Polish, but I'm trying to remember. Is that a ticket to ride Europe? Is that one of the cities you can, you're trying to connect? I don't know. Well, now I'm looking it up. Leap. I also had Machine Gun Kelly on my list. Sorry, Leipzig isn't, no, oh, Machine Gun, yeah. Leipzig is in Germany. Germany? Why is it called Bimbo Town? I do not know. Uh, what is Leipzig famous for? Uh, it's well, been Bimbos, a, clearly. <laughs> it's been a major center for both classical as well as modern dark alternative music. The Oper Leipzig is one of the most prominent opera houses in Germany. Uh, is Leipzig a nice city? It's a pretty vibrant city and a great place to visit for a long weekend. Bimbo town. Oh. <laughs> Was Leipzig in Poland? Apparently at one point it was. So I was not completely wrong when I said that, I think. <laughs> In 18th century, Leipzig was for 50 years under Polish rule within the framework of the Polish Saxonian state. Okay, Leipzig and Bimbo Town. Bimbo Town, B-I-M-B-O Town. Uh, Bimbo Town. That's all written in German. Uh, (laughs) And that's, okay. I'll translate this page. What does it say? Come on, Google. Help me out. <laughs> Can't translate this page. Okay. So it's a so, fine. Keep your secrets then. <laughs> <Bimbo town. laughs> 
Brian, you have any? Uh, yeah, I had a few. Um, for like TV movies, well, based all well, two that are from TV shows. Uh, Fonzie, obviously, hey. is a, was a was a good one, and then Screech. See, if Fonzie and Screech, and you just jumped right over Chachi. I did Chachi. <laughs> I tried my best to avoid Scott Bayo at all costs. So uh, down the then, hall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then from sports, uh, the one honorable mention I had was uh, going back to hockey. Uh, the Grim Reaper, uh, Stu Grimson. Uh, he, he played for Anaheim. He was their enforcer. Sounds like an apt nickname. Yes. Apt, I tell you. I mean, I would have to say, for an honorable mention, you know, the classic, the hammer for Hank Aaron. Hammer and Hank, yeah. I mean, Jason wanted to be called the hammer, but we can't let him have it because you can't give yourself a nickname. So he's known as Douche Canoe. Oh, I suppose that brings us to the end, unless anybody wanted to add something. Did we have any deaths we did. this week? Uh, well, I was going to say we uh, – so Jason uh, did tweet out that he wanted people to send in their own top five lists for this week. Oh, yes. Be a good intern. Let us know what people said. All right. <laughs> so first off, we have from uh, RJ Holt. RJ Holt 666. Uh, his top five are number five, uh, Ginger, number four, Scary, number three, Posh, number two, Baby, and number one, Sporty. Really? I think uh, I think Sporty is one of the lamest of those nicknames. He might be his, her, his favorite Spice Girl, but I thought it was the lamest nickname. Yeah. Let's see then uh, from Steve at EILFM. Uh, his top five are the top five characters in Congo. Uh, number five, <laughs> Charles Travis, which is Bruce Campbell. Number four, Eddie Ventro, uh, Joe Pant- Pantaleone. Yes, that guy. Uh, number three, Captain Wanta, Delroy Lindo. Uh, number two, Amy the Talking Gorilla. And number one, Monroe Kelly. Uh, oh, I suppose I, I should go back and apologize to Randy. He wasn't necessarily giving us nicknames, was he? He was just giving us his own top five of Spice yeah. Girls. So I apologize, Randy. Uh, you can have your sporty at the top of your list. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, from Stork. Uh, at Besotted Geek. All right, Stark, uh, we're going to hate this. His his top five are characters with speech impediments. Number five, <laughs> Porky Pig. Number four, Elmer Fudd. Number three, Daffy Duck. Number two, Sylvester. And number one, Jason Brigger. Okay, good one, Stark. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Next, uh, we have, 
uh, top five zombie movies from Jen Adams. Ooh. I know her. Uh, let's see. Number five, we have Cemetery Man. I don't number kick four, ass for the Lord. <laughs> uh, number four, we have Shivers. Number three, Warm Bodies. I've heard of that one. Yeah. I like that. Zomcom. Yeah, it was, really, <laughs> it was actually really good, though. Uh, number two, Dead and Breakfast. Zombie musical. <laughs> uh, and number one, Dawn of the Dead. Uh, the the remake. Uh, no, no, it's got to be the original. I'm assuming she has to mean the remake, the, the, the Zack Snyder, because he's one of the best directors of this and any generation. Was that really Zack Snyder who did the remake I'm of Dawn of the Dead? Pretty sure Zack Snyder did Dawn of the Dead, unless I'm huh. mistaken. He's got a new zombie movie coming out, too. Apparently a trailer just dropped for a new Zack Snyder's new zombie movie. And uh, Isn't it called Army of the Dead? I honestly didn't get uh, or didn't remember the name of it, so it could be. Uh, yeah. the Actually, I watched the... Part two. Didn't he do the, the trailer? He did the he did three hundred, yes. So yeah, yeah, the new would one be a zombie movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the be, new yes. Zack Snyder is uh, Army of the Dead. Uh, let's see, and last but not least, we had uh, for top fives, we had where did it go? Hang on, Dev, Big Dev, the Psy guy. Uh, where did it go, Brian? Find it. There we go. Uh, his top five are the top five rappers of all time. Number five, Dylan. Number four, Dylan. Number three, Dylan. Number two, Dylan. And number one, Dylan. Is Do I know this... Dylan? I, I don't know. Uh, so his tweet uh, accompanying that is a Comedy Central uh, gif of Dave Chappelle saying Dylan five times. Ah. So I'm guessing it's something from Chappelle show. It went over my head. Yes. But it, could, it has the potential to be very funny. It has potential being funny. It's just lost on this audience. Um, I don't think we had anything on Twitter or on Facebook. I don't think. do potentially have Sylvester Stallone making a cliffhanger too, hanging out there. So is that going to be the title hanging out there? He, I don't know. He just, he, <laughs> he, he teased it today on Instagram. Uh-oh. So it just said, uh, big news coming. And it was a picture of him from cliffhanger. So 
Could it be a sequel? Director's prequel? cut. It could be director's cut because he's he's kind of on that. Because he wants now. to wants to try to make the movie good. I don't I don't care whatever it is. I'm sure I'll, I'll watch it and then I'll love it. So I kid because I care. Right. <laughs> right, right. Uh, did we do we have any passings? Any moments of silence? Um, I'm sure we probably did. Or do I, you? I honestly, I don't think I remember seeing any this week. Well, what about the rapper guy? DMX. Oh, DMX. I did see one. Matter of fact, it was in our chat for several days. And Prince Philip. Prince oh God. Philip. Maybe I just maybe I was just so happy he was dead. It didn't feel like I needed to get of a moment of silence. Oh wait, did I say that? Ooh, I got a spam message in my uh, uh, Facebook Messenger from the Queen. Uh, from some I can't. It's just a whole bunch of things. I don't know. I doubt that's the Queen. But we will... I know she listens to you. Oh, really? You know that? Mm-hmm. She Tara... talks about it on The Crown. <laughs> Does Tara Reid listen to us yet? No, no, she's been warned not to. <sighs> she's boycotted us. <laughs> what is a bad idea for? of the week? Bad idea of the week, Jason taking a week off. (laughs) (laughs) Putting me in charge of running this show? Please. Oh, uh, that's bad idea number 14,262. Because in the general scheme of things, who really cares about our little crappy uh, podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Um, actor Paul Ritter passed away. I don't know a Paul Ritter. Um, he was known for his work on the British sitcom Friday Night Dinner. He was in Chernobyl, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, and Quantum of Solace. English, I'm guessing. Yes. Um, other than that, are the is DMX, Prince Philip, and uh, um, Joseph Cerebo. Sir, he was he was on the uh, Sopranos. Uh, that was well, just to get whacked. <laughs> yeah. Well, moment of silence. But not too long of a moment because I still don't like Prince Philip. <laughs> well, so uh, I guess we come to the end of our show. Uh, anybody got titles we can name this one? Uh, I have my contract is in the mail. It was kind of not flammable. And knowing is half the battle. Uh, maybe I'll just 
I can't read my writing. So never mind on that one. Uh, deep state liberal agenda. The big unit. Uh, I have a hard time calling my brother that. Uh, keep your secrets, Bimbo Town. And that's it. Uh, the only thing I wrote down was douche canoe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also had knowing is half the battle, and I also had keep your secrets, Bimbo Town. <laughs> <laughs> I had eight thumbs up. Uh, <laughs> Lost on this audience and our crappy little podcast. I do like the uh, deep state Hollywood liberal just because, <laughs> A, I know Jason's probably going to want to change it. <laughs> and B, I just want to see if we're if we get any kind of feedback from that. <laughs> deep state Hollywood liberal agenda. Yeah. <laughs> I can agree with that. With a, with a backup uh, in case Jason... If, if Jason has to change it on us, but I'm entering it in, so he won't know until okay. it's already <laughs> up. But if he has to change it, he can change it to keep your secrets, Bimbo Town. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for actually showing up. Anytime. No golf for me this week. No golf. I mean, the hardest the hardest part is showing up. Yeah. And I'm blown away by your guys' ability to show up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Roger says goodbye. 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 It's the history of bad, so bad.